This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, how's everybody doing today? Everybody got their sheets of paper? I know some of you guys are not studious and you refuse to do that. That's okay. I'm okay. I don't take it personally. And then, how many did, did everybody grab their communion when you came in? Good, good. Because uh, uh, it's built into the message today. So, um, how many of you guys, I've got a question. How many of you guys have ever been uncertain? <laughs> I hit the, hit the nail on the head today. You know, uh, uh, there's been times in my life that I've been uncertain. Actually, to be real honest with you, um, I had one message prepared. I worked for a few days on it, thought this is it, thought I, that's it. And uh, as, the, as the afternoon progressed yesterday, I realized my uncertainty was overpowering me. <laughs> so we went back to the drawing board. And... Uh, you know, and, and so I believe that it'll be a blessing to you because uh, um, we do. We live in some uncertain times, and I think in our lives we can, uh, we can find ourselves to be uncertain. I know uh, here recently, um, uh, my wife, she, had a, uh, she went to an event yesterday, and, and uh, she said, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to do this and this and this. And I said, also, I said, well, I'm going to mow some lawns, and I'm going to she said, well, are you going to do that? And what's Will going to do? Because Will was at home. And Will, for those of you who don't know, Will's my eight-year-old son. And I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Will on a mower. Because I said, Emily normally helps me. And she's going to be with you. And so um, I'm going to put him on there. And she's like, she kind of looked at me like, are you sure about that? So I brought a picture. Because yesterday was his maiden voyage. And uh, we did some modifications to the seat. And we lowered it, and then I grabbed a 4x4 four four out of the shed and a chainsaw, and I strapped a couple blocks to the uh, pedals so that he could reach them, and, uh, and uh, so, and you know, uh, nothing got hit, nothing got broken, and everybody came home with all their limbs, so we, we did good, and uh, he d- actually, he did a, an excellent job, but uh, my wife definitely looked at me like, with major un- uncertainty, and uh, and so uh, yeah, but you know, in life we have there's there's just times you know there's times where we're unsure or, or uncertain about maybe it's a house or a move that we're wanting to make, maybe it's a job or a position change that we're looking at, maybe we're looking to buy something. Um, you know, I know of different ones in here that are looking to buy things, and so they're just unsure about what it is that they, they want to buy and what it is that they want to purchase. Uh, I know there's one guy in, in my small group, and he wants to buy a truck, and his wife is very, very uncertain about that at this point, and so we're still praying for him. Uh, um, you know, and, uh, you know, there's times where in our own life, maybe it's our, our ability or what it is that we need to do, and we are uncertain of our ability or our, our uh, ability to complete something or do something, or maybe it is, maybe we've been asked to do something uh, uh, at work, and we're not necessarily trained in that, and so we, could be, we can be uncertain. Uh, I know one time, and, and, and Pastor will remember this, that uh, years ago when mom and dad were in their house, their basement wasn't finished, and Dad and I were talking, and, 
And uh, we're like, well, we're going we're gonna to build some cabinets. And now, mind you, we had never built cabinets. And, uh, but Dad and I are like, we're going to build some cabinets, and we're going we're gonna to do this, and we're talking about it. And, and Mom, she, she was like so uncertain of our ability to do that. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was, it was like painful. It was like hurt. It, it was like hurtful. Like, really? You don't think we can do this? And I should have brought a picture because... Like, what it is that Dad and I did was top, top drawer. And her uncertainty was unfounded. I'm not bitter. I'm getting better with each passing year. And actually, when we sit in the basement, I, I, I lean back in pride and look at it, what it is that we did. And, but she was uncertain. She didn't think we could do it. Is there anybody in your life that's uncertain of your ability? How about the times that we're living in? You know, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's the unstable world that we find ourselves in. I mean, you turn on the news and it's just like there's uncertainty that, that is just before us. And, and it's, it can be all around us. And if we're honest, I think that, that as we asked, we all come to a, uh, there are times in our lives where, where we're uncertain. And, uh, but today... No, I want, what I want you guys to know, and, and really the point of what it is that we're getting ready to say here is, is that no matter what we face, whether it's the world that we live in or uh, uh, maybe it's something more simple and, or, and more personal, no matter what we face, you and I can be certain in uncertain times. We can be certain in uncertain times. And so, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it's individual, if it's in your home, if it's in your personal dealings uh, with your family, uh, with your kids. Uh, it could be in your thinking. It could be something that you're challenged with. It could be uh, uh, physical in nature, in your, uh, uh, a condition that's in your body. No matter what you face, you can be certain in uncertain times. And so in your notes there, if you have them, uh, certain is defined as this, to know for sure. To know for sure or to establish beyond a doubt. So what do we know for sure? What do we know? What do you know for sure? What is it that you are just completely certain of? Like the one thing that I know for sure is, is that Nebraska, even though they won yesterday, (laughs) is still terrible. (laughs) I had to say it. (laughs) And Iowa, they're just as bad. <laughs> Read. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay, how about some other things? What are you certain of? I'm certain that when I sit down to watch TV in my living room, the remote will be nowhere to be found. Right? Who else has that problem? I'm certain that no matter how smart they say my dog is, he will always bark at the stupidest things. Amen. Another thing I'm certain of, and this, this one, I walked out the door this morning, I opened up the door to the garage, and both garage doors were open. I'm like, I'm certain that there is a mouse in my garage now. Like, come on, I've got to shut these doors. It's like fall and things are coming in and... I'm certain that every morning when I wake up, I will drink a sugar-free Red Bull. I know. I got a a witness right here. 
Okay, let's, let's talk about you guys. How many of you guys are certain, don't raise your hand, how many of you guys are certain your wife or your husband spends too much money? Don't raise your hand. That's a personal one. Okay, here's, here's my last one. I'm certain that the $10 five-pound burrito that I bought at a sketchy Mexican restaurant on Broadway yesterday was worth every cent, and I will be back. Oh. <laughs> uh. But here's the thing, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to make light of the things in life that, you know, we can be certain of, you know, just those are really just personal opinions. They're personal things that, that, you know, we think in our lives. But there are many things that you and I know for sure, but there also may be many things that we don't, we don't know, that we are uncertain of. And, and uh, you know, and so we find ourselves in this place where there's things that we're certain of and there's things that we're uncertain of. But the thing that we need to understand about being in that place is, is, is what James 1.8 says, and that is that a, a, a man of two minds is unstable and, and, and unreliable and uncertain about everything that he thinks, feels, and decides. And so what James is really telling us is, is that to be a double-minded person, you're going to have, you're going to live a life that's unstable. You're going to live a life that's, that's uh, um, unreliable and uncertain. And I don't know about you, but, but you know, as much as we've talked about uh, the, the, the areas of our lives that we're certain in and the areas of our lives that we are uncertain in, James is really, he's encouraging us to say, listen, listen, you, you can't, you can't be that person. You have to be you have to find what it is that the Word of God says and be certain in things. And, and, and therefore, not you won't be unstable. You won't be unreliable. And in these times that we live in, um, you know, whether it's in our personal life, in our family, our marriage, uh, um, no matter what, we want to be stable and we want to be reliable. So how is it that you and I, in, in these times that seem uncertain, in these times where the people that are around us and the people that we work at, uh, with and the, and the news that we see, even though they are uh, uh, uncertain and they're troubled and they're, there's, there's no peace, and, and, and they, they, how, how, do we, how do we navigate that? How do we uh, remain stable? How do we remain uh, reliable? And, uh, and, and as he said, we can't be double-minded, but we need to know for sure and we need to be dis established beyond doubt. We need to be established beyond doubt. And, the, and one of the points there in your notes is this, is that stability is determined by what our faith is in. Your, your stability and my stability is determined by what our faith is in. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 and 5. It says, this is Paul speaking, and he says, In, in my speech and my message were not of plausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so I'm standing here today and I'm, 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 my prayer and my hope is, is that you'll get this in your heart. That it's not necessarily the handout that you hold in, you know, in your lap or the, or the specific points that I come up with. It's not, it's not my wisdom, but it's the wisdom of God that you, 
each and every one of us in this place, we have to have the wisdom of God and the power of God working in our lives. And, and, and it's very, very clear that our faith cannot rest. Our faith, what you believe, what you hold dear to your heart, what it is that you embrace, that's your faith. It cannot rest in the wisdom of men. It can't rest in what it is that maybe uh, the family that you grew up in, the certain way that they thought and, 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 and all that, or, or the opinions that you've developed in your 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. It can't rest in that. It has to rest in the power of God because our stability is determined by what our faith is in. If, 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 if our faith is based on the wisdom of man, we are going to be what James called as unstable. We will be two-minded and we will, we will vacillate back and forth. And in these times that we live in, our faith must rest in the power of God. So what does your faith rest in? Uh, does it rest in the wisdom or the certainty of men? You know, maybe it's in the, the wisdom of what your husband or the wisdom of what your wife or the wisdom of your, of your parents or the wisdom of an employer or the wisdom of somebody that you consider to be wise. But can I tell you that if you're basing that, if your faith rests in that, when you are faced with troubling times, you will, you will not be stable. You will not be reliable. And so we have to ensure that our faith rests in the power of God. Look at what it says here in Romans 1. It says, For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So again, we see everyone that believes it's revealed by the power of God. Our faith has to rely in the power of God. And so what do you believe today? Is, is your certainty based in the wisdom of men or is it based in the, uh, the power of God? If you want to be certain, if you want to know for sure, if you want to be established beyond doubt in uncertain times, our faith must rest in the power and promises of God. You know, I, when I think about this idea that our faith must rest in the power and in the promises of God, the story that kind of comes to me is, is the story of David when uh, he's, he's, he's not the king, but King Saul is chasing him. And he's, he's trying to attack him, and he's trying to find him, and he's trying to kill him. And, and so David is out with his men and... and uh, He's, he's actually heading back to, to Ziklag, which is actually, it was a, a city that one of the kings, uh, the Philistine kings, had given him as a place of refuge. So, so it was his home, and he had been out, and, and uh, uh, one, one commentator said that he was in a city that was about 75 miles away. Because it said on the third day, uh, uh, they got home. And so what you have to understand is that David and his men had walked 75 miles in the course of three days. I don't know about you but I would be winded. 25 miles a day for three days in a row, I mean, I would be like, I'm ready for a break, you know? And so, so here he is and his men, and so you have to understand, and actually they say 25 miles in one day walking is, is a lot. 
And so they haven't eaten. They're, they're kind of tired. They've been struggling. They've, they've given, given it their all. And, 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 and here they come to the city that they call home. And they look off in the distance, and the city that they call home has black smoke coming up from it. And, you know, if you put yourself in their position, you'd be thinking to yourself, what's going on? What? I mean, if, if I were to come home back to trainer and be like, what's that smoke coming up? And then as I got closer, I realized, what's well, my house? It's on fire, you know, and, and here I have walked 75 miles. You would want to run because if my family was there, it'd be like, OK, now I'm running. And, 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 and so here they are and they get there. And what they realize is, is that their city has been burned. Their loved ones have been taken. And so look, look at what, it, what we see here in 1 Samuel 30. It says that when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters taken captive. And so David and his men wept out loud until they had no strength to weep. So what we can see here is, is that David and his men, they were struggling. They were struggling. I mean, I would be crying too. You'd be crying too. But I think in life, we, we, we can come to these places, and, it's, and really I want to just go through four places that we see in David's life where, where we may find ourselves, and what the promise and what the power of God is for us in those times. And so if you're like David, and you, you've come to a place in your life where you're struggling, you need to be certain that God will help. You know, and so look what it says here in Psalms 34 verse 17. It says that when the righteous cry for help, and this is David talking. So David understood and he knew and he had gone through things. And he wrote here in, in Psalms 34, verse 17, it says, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all of their troubles. So my question to you today is, is are you convinced? Are you without a doubt established beyond a doubt, just as David was, that you know what? In my times of struggle... I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he will help me and he will deliver me and he will help me and he will uphold me. In those times where you're faced with a struggle, do you know that? Are you confident? Are you firm in that belief? David was. And I don't know about you, but I want to be like David. I want to be in those times where, where struggles come to me. I want to be firm, not in the wisdom of men, but in the wisdom and in the power of God to be able to work and to help me in those times of struggle. Psalms 34, 19 goes on to say, and this is David again, the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue for them all. He comes for them all. So you may not think that. You might be in a time of your life where, where you're, you're faced with a struggle and it's been going on for so long and, and, and you're not firm in, in, in God's ability and in His power to help you. And you question it. And, and, and you're like James talked about. You're like that, that double-minded man who's unstable and unsure and uncertain. And, and, and unfortunately, what happens is, is that we won't move from that place of, of, of struggling to that place of stability in our lives if we are not convinced that God wants to help us, if we're not convinced that God's able to help us, if we're not convinced that he has the power to help and to deliver us. We have to be firm. We have to be uh, 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 established beyond a doubt. So David was certain that God would help. And there will be challenges in life. We know that for sure. 
But we need to understand and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that, you know what, even though struggles come, my God will help. He will help me. He will deliver me. And, uh, and, and in your notes there, the action that we can have for this time, when we find ourselves in a place of struggle, we can look at, at 1 Peter 5 and 7 and 10, and it tells us that our action in those times of struggle is to cast our cares on Him. Look at what it says. Cast all of your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. The God of all grace who was uh, called, called you to eternal glory will Himself restore. He'll confirm. He'll strengthen. And He will establish you. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that He will restore you? Do you believe that He will confirm, strengthen, and establish you? He will. He wants to. But there's, there is a condition. And we have to understand, guys, that, that the Word of God is full of promises. God is full of power to work in our lives. But there are conditions that have to be met on our part and in our lives. We have to work. You know, it's, it's like the Word of God. I was, uh, uh, I was out... Well, Will had a football game, and I'm walking up and down the sidelines. And I'm just like, the verse that came to me is, is that faith without works is dead. So you can believe that, that God wants to help you. You can believe that he wants to deliver you. You can believe that, you know what, I know he wants to help me in this struggle, but you can't stop there. You have to be like, you know what, I'm going to cast this care on you because you care for me. And I know that you're going to give me the wisdom, the guidance, the direction, the understanding to do these things, to confirm, to strengthen and establish us. But there's steps that you and I have to take. If we just stand still in that place of struggle, the, 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 the strength and the establishment won't come. We got to take a step and we got to move forward. We got to begin to, you know, maybe it's to walk in love or maybe it's to sow a seed or maybe it's to begin to give. I don't know what it is for you, but God will give you that direction. He'll give you. And, and when you begin to do those things, you're unlocking the power of God in your life as a result of your action. And so he goes, you know, the story with David, though, it goes from bad to worse. Because here he is and he comes home and everything's burned and his family's gone. But look what it says here in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. It says that David was greatly distressed. Because not only that, now the men were talking of stoning him. Each one of them was bitter in spirit because of, of the loss of their sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord. So number two is distressed. You know, in these times that we live, there can be times where you know, we can be distressed. Another way you could say it is you're in turmoil. Maybe you're not at peace. But what we need to understand is, is that in our times of distress, we can be certain that God gives us peace. We can be certain of that. David wasn't a little distressed. It said that he was greatly distressed. All of his closest friends and comrades who he had fought for and probably, you know, they had all saved one another's lives and they were close and, and loved one another. And just, you know, now they turned on him and they didn't, you know, they were like, we're going to kill you now because of what it is you did. I'm sure that not only that, it was just the responsibility that David felt that he was the leader of, of this group of men. And now because of where he led and where they went, they came back and all of their family members were gone. And so this distress 
was heavy. It was great. But it said there in Samuel verse 6, it said, um, but David found his strength in the Lord. Note, in the Lord. As we looked at before, we don't find our strength. We don't find our help. We don't find our deliverance in the wisdom of men. No, we do exactly what it is that David did. We find our strength, help, and deliverance in the strength of the Lord, in his power, in his peace, in what it is that he has to offer. Jesus talked about this. He talked about stressful times and trying times in John 16, verse 33. He said that I have said these things to you, that in me, in me, you may have peace. In the job? No. In the home that you live in? No. In the spouse that you married? No. In the kids and, and their good behavior? No, you're not going to find peace in that. In finding the remote that's stuck in the, in the side of the recliner and you found it, it's like, Yahoo, yeah! No, you're not going to find peace in that. It'll be momentary. <laughs> no. Peace is found in Jesus. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome. So no matter what the noise, no matter the distress, no matter what it is that's going on, no matter what it is that you call it, Jesus is your peace. He is your peace. And we can go to His Word. And we can go to His Word. And we are promised that his, the power of His Word will bring a peace that passes all understanding you may not understand it you don't have to that's the good thing about it in in those times that are distressful and stressful and consternation and things are going wrong all you got to do is just say you know what i'm just going to cast my care on him i'm going to go to him and i'm going to put my hope and my my trust in his ability to bring me peace it's kind of like this anybody guys anybody in here have these you guys have these how many of you guys have these? AirPod Pros? They're amazing. Okay, so, so here's the deal. AirPod Pros have two modes, okay? So they have transparency mode, which allows them to just let anything and everything into, into the headphone, right? So you can hear everything. You can hear people talking. Uh, you know, it's like, well, he has headphones in. No, I can hear everything. I can hear what's going on. If you say something to me, I can hear it. But then they have this mode and it's very, very helpful if you have a family of six and you're driving down the interstate. It is so helpful because what, what it is, 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 is it's called, I, I made sure, active noise cancellation. Okay. So what I can do is I can push and hold a button and it will go silent. Rachel, I think you need a pair of these. Yeah, she has three kids and she drives 75 miles one way to church. She needs a pair of these because that active noise cancellation will cause the stress and everything and the, and the anxiety and, and, the, and, the, and the stress and the consternation and, the, and all the things that go on in life. It, it will cause it to go away. That's why sometimes like we'll be driving down the road and Rachel will be like, you have, your, you, have, you have your noise cancellation on. Why? Because when I, when I go from one mode to the other, it's like I kind of have a frown when I'm, out, when, I'm, when I'm driving down the road and it's like it's in a tra you know, transparency mode. But when you hold it, it's like this. And she's like, you have a smile on your face. You must have it in, you must have it in active noise canceling mode. Here's the deal, guys. I know it's a goofy illustration. And no, you can't have mine. 
but Jesus is your active noise cancellation system. But you gotta you gotta put them in the ears, you gotta push the button, and you have to engage the peace of God, the, the, the peace that He offers in your life. Because here's the thing, I can wear those things all day long and I can leave them on transparency mode. And, and I, I go into Casey's to get my sugar-free Red Bull and I can hear every conversation that's going on. I can, I, can, I can know that Bob walks in. I heard him the other day. He comes in, I'm like, that's Bob Fisher all day long. And I can hear everything and, 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 and we can go through life and, and, and we can hear everything, social media, the news, the TV, the, the, the employer, the, the co-worker, all of the things that they believe and they think to be true and, and what they think. It's noise. It's stress. It's distress. It's consternation. Call it whatever you want to call it. But man, when you, when you engage the noise cancellation activation system of Jesus, you can have a peace that passes all understanding. When I'm driving down the road and my kids are making noises that I don't understand, it's like, I don't understand this. Click. They're having fun, right? Rachel's having fun because she doesn't have a pair. I've been trying to buy her a pair. I, I told her it would set her free, you know, because you can basically live life like no one's there, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm telling you what, though, when, it's, when, it, when you don't understand it, you don't know what's going on, and, and you, can, you can have that peace. You can just be like, I'm not going there. I'm just going to, I'm moving on. Paul tells us this in Philippians 4, 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every single situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. Now listen, if you guys need a formula, if you're in a time of distress, this verse of Scripture right here is perfect. Okay? Because what you can do is you can sit down in the quietness of your home with your AirPods in and the activation engaged, and you can lay it all out. And you can say, Lord, I'm coming to you. And I'm just coming to you, and, I, and you told me to not be anxious about anything. You told me that in every situation, I'm just coming to you in prayer and petition. I'm just, I want to let you know that this is what's going on. But I also know, Lord, that, that you have an answer for that. You have help for that. And I just thank you that you're doing that, that you're going to come through. You're going to help me, that you're going to encourage me. And that is a perfect, it's a perfect uh, uh, recipe, if you will, or steps that you can take when it comes to these times in your life. And so the action in this, there's four of them, is to, number one, don't be anxious. Actually, it's, number, it's three. I consolidated it for your help. Number two, pray and ask. And number three, thank him for it. When you get done praying and asking, you, and now, now I'm not talking about going and complaining and griping and all that. I mean, you know, you can go to him and you can, you can share with him and say, hey, this is what's going on, Lord. But I know that you're greater. I know that you can help. And in, in your prayer and in your heart, you, you begin to pull up the verses of Scripture, these promises, the power of God. You're praying out those, those promises in your prayer. That you know what? Yeah, this is what's going on, Lord. But Lord, I, I'm not going to be anxious for it. And your word tells me this. And so, Father, I just want to thank you that you're, you're at work. You're helping me. You're supplying the need. You're bringing, you're bringing peace into my life. And he will. 
And so the next one that we see here is, is in uh, 1 Samuel 30, verse 7. It says that, that David said uh, to Biathar, the priest, the son of uh, Amalek, bring me the ephod. And so David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue the raiding party? And will I overtake them? And God said, pursue. And you certainly will overtake and succeed in the rescue. So number three in your notes is this. If you're unsure... Because that's where David was. David was in this place where he'd been attacked. His friends had turned on him. And now he is faced with being unsure as to what to do. You'll notice that he did not respond out of his flesh. He did not respond out of anger. He did not say, okay, we're going to get this. I'm going to round up the guys that aren't against me anymore. And we're going to go. And we're going we're gonna to take back this. No, he didn't do that. He, he paused because he was unsure, and he wanted to get the mind of God. He didn't want the wisdom of men. I'm sure he had people around him that maybe hadn't deserted, and they were probably telling him, hey, this is what we should do, and this is the step we should take, and maybe, the, maybe we could go over here, and maybe we could burn their city too. Nope, that's not what he did. He, he got the ephod, which was, the, the, in those days, the temple, you know, and he, the, he didn't have a temple because Saul was... was I'm not going into that. Basically, it was just his, his ability to go to God, okay? And so what he did was is he went to him and he said, shall I pursue? And so in, in times when we are unsure, we can be certain that God gives wisdom. God gives wisdom. No matter what we're facing, no matter what problem, no matter what it is that we're going, that's going on, God will give us wisdom. James 3.17 says that, but the wisdom uh, the wisdom from above is pure, okay? So what we need to know is, is that the wisdom of man is not pure, but the wisdom from heaven, the wisdom of God is pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, and without uncertainty. Did you guys notice that? How do we be certain in uncertain times? Well, the wisdom of God is without uncertainty. When we, when, we, when we go to Him and when we look to Him, His wisdom, it is without uncertainty or insanity. God's wisdom is, is certain even in uncertain times. So the action steps that we have to take when it comes to times where we are unsure, number one is we need to ask. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. The second thing that we need to do when we are in times where we are unsure is we always let him lead. We always let him lead. Because friend, we can, we can go to God. We can ask him for the wisdom that he will generously give. He will. He'll give it to you. If you ask and you pray and you seek his face and you get quiet before him and you, you come to him, he will tell you the things that you need to do. Unfortunately, sometimes it may not be exactly what you want to hear or what you want to do, but it's still the wisdom of God and it still has the power to, to bring you out of that uncertain time in your life. And so you have to allow it to lead your life. It's, it's like this verse here in Proverbs 3, 5. It says, with all of your heart, you must trust the Lord and not in your own judgment. Verse 6 says, always let him lead. 
No matter what we're doing, whether it's in our marriage, with our kids, in our job, no matter where we're at, we always need to allow His wisdom to lead and guide us in our lives because He will make a clear road for us to follow. And, and it also reminded me of another verse of Scripture, and that's in Psalms 32, verse 9. And this isn't in your notes, but it says this. It says, Do not be like a horse or a mule which have no understanding but must be controlled by a bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. And you might think to yourself, well, what does that mean? Well, what that's saying is, is it's saying we can have the wisdom of God, but if we don't allow him to lead us, as we just got done looking at, we're just like a horse and we're just like a mule where, where we're required to be led around by, with a bit in our mouth unknowingly we fight against what it is that God is wanting to to do what it is that he's asked us to do and so if you're in a time in your life where you're unsure and and you you're like man I've kind of done some of these things Brian I've I've cast my cares on him I've gone to him I've I've you know what's going on my encouragement to you is is to go back to the last thing that he told you that was super clear in your heart, that you knew beyond a reasonable doubt that it was like, man, that was God. Because if you go back to that, what you might find is, is that you've been like the horse or the mule and you've been fighting against it and you haven't been doing the wisdom that he told you to do. And so if you go back to, to that, you say, you know what, Lord? I, I, you told me this and I haven't done that and I'm just repenting right now, and I'm getting it right, and I apologize, I am not going to be hard to be led. I want to be led by you. I don't want to be difficult. I don't want to be like the horse and the mule, and I, I don't want to fight against you. I, man, I want you to lead me and guide me in my life. And so in those times where we're unsure, those are two, two things that we can do. We can ask and always let him lead. The last thing is this, and that is found in 1 Samuel 30, verse 15. It says that David asked him, can you lead me down the, uh, to this raiding party? So they, they, they're heading out, and they come across this Egyptian, this Egyptian that was a servant that had been uh, left behind by the Amalekites. And it says, can you lead me down to them? And he answered, swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to the master. And so what we know is, is that, that David kept his word. He didn't sin against this man. But in our lives, when we, when we miss the mark, which is what sin is, it's just missing, missing the mark. Anybody in here ever miss the mark? Or am I the only one? There's only a few. Man, I had a unanimous hands at the beginning of the service. Oh, yeah, man, there's a, definitely, I've been uncertain asking about sin. Well, not me, man. <laughs> but here's the thing, guys. We all miss it. We all miss the mark. And we all make mistakes. And, and what's so great about this, this idea that, that when we find ourselves in a place of sin, we can be certain that God frees and he forgives. We can be certain of it. So if you're struggling today and, and you have sin in your life and, there's, and you know it's sin because, because the Holy Spirit is, is, is convicting you and saying, man, you got to get rid of that. you got to stop doing that. And, and, and every time it comes up, you're missing the mark and you're missing the mark. I'm here today to tell you that if, you're, if you think that you're stuck there, you have a promise that you have been freed and forgiven. Look at what it says in Romans 6.22. It says, but now that you have been set free from sin, you've become slaves to God 
and the result is eternal life. And so we need to know today, guys, that that we are set free. Jesus broke the power of sin over our lives. You might be thinking to yourself, but Brian, it's, it's tough. I, I, I just don't feel like I can stop. And every time I come to that place where I know right and wrong and I make the wrong decision, I'm here today to tell you that Jesus paid the price. Whether you realize it or not, what Jesus did holds the power to break that chain, to break that bondage, to break that sin in your life. You just have to, you just have to realize, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stay in my, in my sin. I'm not going to continue to do what it is that I do. And, 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 and by doing that, you go to God and you say, you know, you know what? I've read all the books and I've tried to, to, to get the help that I need and, and take the steps. But I know that the wisdom of men will never help me overcome this sin in my life. It is only the power of God that will set me free and break that thing that's in my life. And so look what it says here, right here in uh, Romans 6.23, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we, we have to understand that, you know what? We can't just act like the sin is okay. No, it tells us very clearly that if we continue in that, it is going to bring death into our lives. And God, you know, he's promised, he has the power, it's available to us. But as long as we make that choice and we don't surrender that to him, his power is not invited into our life. It's not invited into our situation. It's not invited to set us free. And so 1 John 1.9 is the promise that you and I have. And that is is that if we confess our sin, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we see that the action in that for you and I, if we find our place in, in sin, if we find ourselves in that place where we feel stuck or bound or in a stronghold, we have to confess it. We have to go to God and say, I'm confessing my sin to you. And what he promises us is, is that he will, he will forgive us and he'll cleanse us. And we can walk from this place as if sin never existed. I don't know about you, but that, that is a great promise to have in our lives. Is that he has freed us and he wants to bring freedom in our lives. The, the second thing is this, and it leads us into communion because today's communion Sunday. And that is the act of communion. And... You know, Jesus instructed his followers to use the bread and the juice to remember the sacrifice that he was going to make when he died on the cross for you and I. So this last, this fourth point, now now stick with me, stick with me, because, because if there's something in your life, whether it's a struggle, whether it's something you're unsure of, whether it's sin, no matter what it is, guys, we're, 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 we're remembering this power, right? We started off by saying that it is the power of God that sets us free, that changes our world and, 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 and can make things different. And so in this time of communion, as we come to him, he, he told his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. What we're doing, guys, is, is that we're looking, we're examining our life. We're looking, is there anything in my life where I've been unstable? Is there anything in my life where 
where I've been unsure and uncertain? Is it because I've not been in faith? Is it because I've put my faith in the wrong things? But today, I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging that. And I am, I am understanding and I'm recognizing that through Jesus' death, the price that he paid, that that power is available to me. And so today we're going to partake. And so I want you guys to grab your elements there because we're celebrating, guys. We're celebrating something that Jesus did for us. He gave himself completely to give us a better life, a new start, and a fresh relationship with God. 1 Peter 3.18 says this, For Christ also suffered once. He did it once, guys, for sin. The righteousness for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but was made alive in the Spirit. Today, through our confession, through communion, we can be certain that we are forgiven. And so today, if there's something that's going on in your life, now is the time. If, you, if you're struggling, if you're unsure, if you have sin in your life, this moment right now, as we pray, this is your opportunity to confess what it is that's going on in your life and say, Lord, I confess that thing. I confess it to you today. I, I make it known and I ask you and invite you in. I, you told me that if I confess it, you're faithful and just forgive me of my sins. And so that's what we're doing here today. And so as first, first Corinthians says, and when he was betrayed, he gave thanks and broke the bread and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You may partake. Father, we just thank you for this, this body that was broken. It was broken for us. It was broken for our sin. And today, Father God, we examine our lives. We examine that which, is, which maybe we have done wrong, the, the mark that we have missed and we confess that to you, and we know today, Father God, that your power has the ability to bring wholeness, to bring restoration, to bring healing, to bring that which we need. And we thank you, Father, for it, for your body, in Jesus' name. Amen. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Father, we thank you for the cup. We thank you for the blood that was shed for us, for sin, for sickness. We thank you that we have been redeemed from the curse. And today, we recognize and we celebrate. We don't take this lightly. We know, Father God, that it is the power of God working in our lives that will save us, set us free, and deliver us. We thank you for it in our lives today. In Jesus' name, you may partake.